Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm a little bit ill, um, so apologies in advance for the croaky voice. I hope it doesn't uh, ruin the experience too much. But no, um, I'm good. We are finally, finally in a house here in Melbourne. We've got a place to live, which is so exciting. No more living in hostels, which is probably why I'm ill, let's face it. Um, all of those shared dorms, just not ideal. Um, but yeah, we are in a house. It's really nice. We're living with another couple who are lovely. Um, we are in the process of buying furniture, but we do have a bed, which is so, so nice. We finally have our own room. And um, yeah, almost getting sorted. Got interviews, got the bank account open, all the fun stuff. Um, so yeah, hopefully everything will be uh, into a normal routine soon, which is it's nice to think I never thought I would look forward to having a routine but I'm actually <laughs> really looking forward to that fact again um but how have you been yeah I've been good well, I'm very pleased that everything's finally starting to settle down for you guys and you've got just you've got a bed that isn't someone else's you know oh mate, um, about it. <laughs> it's the little things in life it is, isn't it it is um, how grateful are you to cook in your own kitchen <laughs> oh sorry so honestly doing that first shop the other day when we had an actual shop and it wasn't a shop for like sandwich components which is what every shop has consisted of so far it's like an actual we can buy stuff to keep in the freezer we can buy fresh fruit and veg because we have an actual fridge where people aren't going to steal stuff from it <laughs> it's ridiculously exciting but um yeah very very much looking forward to trying some new recipes as well thank you for sending me your uh very tasty what was it it's like tofu and rice noodles this is so funny because I literally pretty much made that up on the spot so when you text me asking what was the recipe for the rice noodles and tofu that we had at yours I was like uh very much a chuck in the pan situation if anyone is interested I'll type out I'll type out and put it in the show notes but there's no fancy measurements it's like chuck in some coriander I mean I'm not a measuring (laughs) person anyway so I appreciate that but I did really enjoy it although you will appreciate this. So here in the supermarket, you can buy um, like the big cubes of tofu that are already fried, like properly. Oh. Not like the little chunks you get at home that are like, um, just like flavoured, um, but like the proper big squares when they've got like the brown kind of like fried outside and then it's like soft oh. and squidgy in the middle. Yeah, it's very exciting for that. The Asian food here is so so good love it oh i bet our favorite brand of tofu is on our friend sainsbury's this week oh. tofu if anyone's interested <laughs> um and i wanted to text you and be like our favorite tofu is on offer but then i was like it's probably not very relevant for you right now um, <laughs> i'm gonna move us up to the tofu chat though because it isn't the best thing that we've ever produced <laughs> oh dear <laughs> um yeah but um yeah how are you what have you been up to I'm not bad. I, well, if you listen to our solo travel episode a few weeks ago, you'll know that I was planning a trip to Paris before the end of the year. And I went this weekend, I went with Alex. So I didn't end up going on my own, which I'm actually really, really oh, yeah. pleased about because although I do, I do like traveling on my own, um, it's so much nicer traveling with him. And of course, we don't get loads and loads of time together. So um, we hopped on my favorite thing in the world, the Eurostar. Um, 
went straight into Paris super early on the Friday morning. We walked 39,000 steps on Friday. I'm impressed. 27 kilometers. Um, because we were just like, well, we'll just walk to this little bit because it's not that far. And we're halfway now, so let's walk to here. Um, we did Sacre Coeur. We walked up to the top of the, um, what's it called? Like the, oh my God, what's the word? Oh, I'm like that whole the yeah the, okay I've been saying Montmartre wrong clearly because I say Montmartre. <laughs> God, I basically I can't pronounce French words to save my life, which is shocking when you think of how many like French words I encounter through work. But anyway, um, we climbed up to the viewing platform there, which burnt my thighs like nothing else because it's three hundred steps and I'm unfit, but it was so worth it for the view. Um, and then we kind of just wandered around. We did the river cruise, which was really nice. And then my favourite bit, which is actually both of our favourite bits, we went up the Arc de Triomphe, which I didn't even realise you could climb until a couple of years ago. This is my favourite bit. Oh my God, I love the view from there. Not only was the view brilliant, but we timed it accidentally perfectly. So we went up when it was dark um, to see the city of light lit up. And we got up there and I was like, the Eiffel Tower is going to flash relatively soon. It was a 15 minute wait, but we were both like, well, we've got the time. It's not that cold. So we just stood there chatting. And then we got to see the Eiffel Tower all lit up and sparkly from the top of the Arc de Triomphe. And it was so lovely. Oh, so pretty. Did you get the uh, discounted tickets for the Arc de Triomphe as well? Yeah, you. I got it for work. Oh, of course you did. Because I was going to say, for anyone that doesn't know, if you go to Paris... Pretty much all of the main attractions, if you are 26 and under, you basically get a massively discounted ticket because they like to encourage young people, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of places, yeah, it's really cool and a lot of places do it for free as well, I think. And it is it is a really nice perk. So if you haven't been to Paris or done those things and you're not 26 yet, go and do them because it's all those little things that I think had we not have been able to save money on it, we probably would have been like, oh no, like we'll do one or two of the things, but we won't do everything because it seems excessive. But of all of the things we did, the Arc de Triomphe is the one thing I'd like, if you're not going to spend money on doing anything else, do that. Yeah, that was, we were exactly the same. We didn't want to go up the Eiffel Tower, but we did spend the money on going up the Arc de Triomphe. And like, we went up in the day, yeah. but the view was, the view was amazing. It was probably like one of the, Brilliant. one of the few times that me and Taylor have done something we were like, Oh, it's actually quite romantic as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what we thought. And we, so we did a few different views. We were at the top of Sacre Coeur, which was another amazing view because you just get to see the entire city. Mm-hmm. But we also climbed up the Montparnasse Tower, which honestly was pretty underwhelming compared to the other views we'd seen. Which was the um, one that was your Instagram photo yesterday? That was Sacre Coeur. Oh, okay. Which was just a lovely spontaneous photo Alex took and it turned out really, really well. No, it's really nice. I like it. Um, you see Little Eiffel Tower, but yeah. So we did that. I ate loads. We just walked loads, ate loads. And it was just really, really lovely. It's not a shock that I love a city renowned for fashion and food. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm now like itching to go back to Paris. So we're thinking of making it a semi-regular thing we do. Um not like every week, but you know, maybe every year or so we'll try and go across. Yeah, I mean it's near enough um, as well. And it only took two hours. It's so quick. Oh man, we went on the bus. It was such an experience. Just... Oh god. Oh, yeah, I imagine it was not quite the same. But yeah, other than that, I haven't been up to an awful lot. Um, the arse has dropped out the temperature in the UK now, so it's very, very cold. 
Um, I mean, it's not much better here, to be honest. The weather is the most changeable thing. I, I can't think of a time that I've ever experienced such changeable weather as in Melbourne. I can't believe how cold it gets in Melbourne because it's so hot in Sydney. I know you're not that close to Sydney, but you're both in the south. Yeah, I mean, obviously people will probably see Australia's on the news at the moment because of the really awful wildfires mm. in New South Wales. And that's because the temperatures are insane and there's high winds. Um, we have the wind here, but it mean it's so two days ago it was like thirty-two degrees. Yesterday it was thirteen. At the moment, I mean it's still the morning at the moment, but today at the moment it's nine degrees. Um, but when we arrived, like the first few days we arrived and we're in Melbourne, it was thirty-four, and we were like, "This is amazing! This is great!" And then it just started raining. It's kind of rained pretty much every day since, apart from random days in between where it's miraculously thirty degrees again. Apparently, this is normal. Um, oh, that sounds super fun for you. Well, people keep saying once summer kicks in, you're going to miss this because what? I mean, it's coming into summer now, but basically, once the summer arrives, it's just like thirty plus degrees every day and like super dry. And everyone's like, "I miss the rain," which is a lie because I've never said those words in my life. Um, <laughs> let's face it, I hate the rain. Um, Taylor does like the rain, but. The rain. I, yeah, I I thought I was escaping the rain and it still rains here. Um, but no, I'm hoping summer is going to kick in soon, like they said, but um, it hasn't yet. <laughs> Classic as well. I go to the other side of the world and I'm still very British talking about the weather, but hey. Some things don't change. I mean, also probably a bit why I'm ill as well, because I didn't actually bring any... Uh, like sensible clothes because I didn't really expect I mean I've got a pair of jeans and I've got another pair of long trousers but I've got one hoodie so I have like no jumpers or anything like that and I keep putting off buying one because I'm like they're so bulky that I don't want to then have to carry these around when we carry on traveling it'll take up so much space so now I'm ill and cold (laughs) so this is something I've realized over the past couple of years like yes it might be like inconvenient down the line but your care, like the the joy you will get from not being freezing cold every day now, will be so worth it. Like you'll go and buy a jumper, and you won't be freezing your ass off for a day. And you'll just sit there and go, okay, this might be a pain later down the line, but right now, it is so worth it. Yeah, well, usually I would be like that, and I'm just happier when I'm warm. But the other issue is I don't have a job yet, so I don't want to <laughs> drop like fifty dollars on a jumper when I don't have a job. Also, I realise I keep saying jumper and I should say sweater because jumper is not something that an American audience would hear. Just would understand. What? What? Do they call jumpers sweaters? I am... To me, a sweater is something different to a jumper. Like, as in, like, two types of warmer clothing for the top half of your body. But I think a jumper is different yeah. to a sweater, which is different to a cardigan. Yeah, I see a sweater. Again, this is riveting. We won't be keeping this. But I see... <laughs> This is top content. <laughs> I see um I see a sweater as like that almost like sports kind of jumper. But it's yeah. like a very smooth cotton where I would see it. Wait, did I just say sports jumper? That's exactly what I'm not saying. But I see a jumper as like something that's knit, knitted or cozy. Exactly. Should we move on to our recommendations? <laughs> yes. Um my first recommend I'm just gonna kick it off. I'm just gonna dive right in. Yeah, um, so my first recommendation is actually an author who I've read before but 
I was really, really missing books. I so badly wanted to read something. And I said I would wait to buy books until we had a place to live. So I downloaded this last week. Um, and the author is called Mo Hader. And I'm going to say right now, she's not going to be up everyone's street. She's very up my street, but that's because I like crime, reading about crime. Mm-hmm. Um, but she writes a... Um, like a crime thriller series. You know this series that follows like one one character. Oh, um, yeah. And the main character is um, a detective called Jack Caffrey. And he's that very typical, like something happened in his past and it affects how he um, how he how he looks at cases today and he's very skeptical and brooding and blah blah blah, which I wouldn't usually like. However, her I think she has a background in forensic um pathology and that's interesting i mean it's interesting and sometimes it's gruesome she writes in such detail and i i assume it's accurate i don't know but it's it all sounds very accurate there's a lot of information there particularly on like um postmortems of the characters and things like that but they are such like in-depth interesting stories and you kind of realize earlier on i'm about 200 pages in and you kind of realize earlier on who the who who it is who has done it but the characters just keep unraveling and there's like more and more layers and more reasons why he's done this and this is how they they're linked to each other and I don't want to ruin stuff in case anyone reads it but they are just such well-written books and um I think there's about eight of them in this series I believe and they don't need to be read in order like they do they do work as standalone books as well um because it recaps kind of in every book what his history is and everything that you would need to know but she's just a brilliant writer and I've absolutely flown through this book since buying it last week um and so if you're into kind of crime thrillers if you like Lee Child or any authors like that I would definitely recommend reading Mo Hader is it kind of like silent witnessy with all the forensics and stuff like that? It is, and I think that's why I like it. But also, it's pretty. Some of it's a little bit messed up. <laughs> I would say. Maybe I, I, I basically, you're saying I'll have nightmares. Yeah, I mean, I, this one did actually creep me out a little bit. Um, I would, I definitely couldn't read that. Yeah, one. but but also so interesting. Like, this is I don't actually. I think she does have a background. I don't know what it specifically is. But um, just the detail and kind of the level of information is just really interesting. It feels, even though it's fiction, it feels very real. Which I guess is a good thing. Have Have you listened to To Live and Die in LA? No, yet? I haven't. It's on my list. I need to, I need to discuss it. So if anyone listening has listened to it, um, please. I just I just want to discuss it with someone. It's a podcast about a woman who goes missing in LA. Um, but it only wrapped up very recently. So everything happened in 2018 and they've been releasing episodes. I think the last episode is in June this year. Um, but yeah, if anyone has listened to it, please DM me or something because I want to discuss it with someone. Okay, I will actually but that was kind of, listening to it. That was, that was my limit on kind of how... Um, I don't want to say scary because that's not necessarily the right word, but how far I could go within that genre. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, go listen to it. You know. Yeah, I'm going to try and listen to it today while I'm um, 
feeling sorry for myself, I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> what is your first recommendation? So we've discussed tofu. We've discussed the weather. We've discussed sweaters and jumpers. We've been on fire. And it's not about to get more interesting with my recommendation because this is the most boring thing ever. However, <laughs> it is also beyond practical and actually quite a lot of fun if you're a bit of a weirdo like me. I have a lot of knitwear and I'm very much this year trying to buy less and make everything last a bit longer. Um, and anyone who's ever owned a piece of knitwear will know the horror of putting on your favourite jumper or sweater and realising it's bobbly and it kind of just looks old and tatty. And in the past I've had like um, combs, you know, you can buy special combs to get rid of oh, yeah. them with. But I I personally hate the combs, particularly when I'm doing it on something like cashmere, because it's so delicate that I just feel like the combs long-term causing more damage. So I now own an electronic debobbler, oh which is kind of like a shaver, but for your jumpers. So it has a spinning blade, but it has two settings. So you can use it on longer items or you can use it on shorter items. It is game-changing. I'm not being dramatic. I have revived so many jumpers. They look so much nicer, so much like sharper, and it just breathes a whole new lease of life. And I know that everyone's probably pulling out their jumpers now and being like, oh, you know, looks a bit tatty. Maybe I'll get a new one. Go and buy yourself a debobbler. It was £5 on Amazon. I'll link the one I've got. The batteries, like, it's got a really good battery life in it. You have to replace the batteries. Um, but, like, it's got a really good life on it. I have debobbled so many jumpers, coats, leggings, anything. Like, it's the best thing I have bought. And I realise how boring this sounds. But it's so useful and so much quicker than using a comb that I'm, like, irrationally passionate about this bloody thing. So go and buy one. Even if you need one. This, this is the most Charlotte thing ever. I mean, I'm not... I'm not I'm, <laughs> if anything, I'm surprised you didn't already own one. I'm surprised I didn't already own one. I don't really know what I've been doing for the past 25 plus what years. What with your uh, portable uh, clothes steamer as well? I'm really surprised this was not another tool in your arsenal. I know. I actually... So I ordered it to Alex's when I went to stay a couple of weeks ago. And um, his dad was like, what's that? I was like, oh, it's my new debobbler. So we spent Friday night in the kitchen drinking gin and debobbling our jumpers. <laughs> you are wild. <laughs> we were totally wild. Um, but they are amazing, and now he's gone and bought one. So they are worth it, guys. The power of one. influence. Do you know what? This is going to This really upset me. Amazon's not really a thing in Australia. <laughs> and it's a, it's been a, a hard revelation to come to terms with for me. I know I should not be endorsing using uh, such a large business, but it's so much easier to just buy a thing off Amazon. I can't really do that here. Do you know what? Amazon, for all of its faults, sometimes it's really, really convenient. Like, I probably wouldn't have gone to the effort of sourcing Mighty Bobbler from trying to find it in a random shop. And it's breathes so much more of a lease of life into my clothes and will then make my clothes last longer that I think in some ways you have to try and find a way to balance it out. Or at least that's what I'm trying to do. I'm sure that's massively incorrect, but uh, you know, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm a flawed human being as everyone else. What is your second recommendation, though? Um, well, mine is kind of leading on from that in terms of being uh, more conscious in consuming fashion, um, but this is more um, just about shopping in general. So I know that we've definitely recommended the ordinary before, or at least some of their products before. 
Um, yes. And my recommendation is that at the moment they have a month long sale on all of their products, 23% off. Um, and there's actually a very specific reason for this. So um, one, I'm very excited because it's an entire month of all of their products. So even the, the cheapest and the most expensive product, every single thing is in this sale. And the reason for the sale, um, well, the reason for it being a month long is because it's designed to encourage conscious shopping. So rather yes. than, yeah, yeah. So they basically are saying rather than panic buying stuff in a, in a sale that you don't need, they want to encourage people to basically have the freedom to spend time considering what they actually do need and what they should buy and what they don't and giving them a whole month to do it. And I think it's such a good idea because I know I know we've both done that or like if one of us is placing a, an order for the ordinary and oh, do you want anything? I think, oh, I'll just, I'll buy three of those because I'll use them at some point. But it's, it's, it's not actually a very sustainable way of shopping and giving people that time to consider what they do or don't want to buy because they're not forced into a panic purchase with a one day sale. Um, it's, I just thought it was such a good idea and we both love The Ordinary so much so I want to make sure everyone's aware that they have a site-wide sale for an entire month. I, I think it's so responsible for them as well because it's not just The Ordinary, it's everything that sits under the Desiem parent brand. Yeah. So it's also like Neod and there's a couple of others, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's all of their brands are part of this. And when I saw it, I just thought it's so responsible on so many levels, but also acknowledging that they are a skincare brand and therefore people, if they want to consume more consciously, need to do their research to understand what their products are because their products aren't always um, super clear if you're not really into skincare. You do have to kind of like read through it and work out when to use things and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think for them to kind of own that and then say, we're going to help people shop con- like in a more considerate way, particularly in the run to Black Friday and Christmas and all that kind of thing. I just I have a lot of time for a brand that's willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, especially with the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, everything that kind of happens this month in the run up to the festive season. It just it removes so much stress from people shopping. And like you said, people can actually consider what they're buying and if it's going to be something useful to them. I really think more yeah. brands should be doing this or something like this because it's such a good idea. Definitely. One thing I've done this year for Black Friday, because in the past I have got a bit excited about all the deals. Um, and it is exciting, especially if you've been looking for something or you are doing Christmas shopping and that kind of thing. But what I've done this year is I've actually kind of preempted the things I might want. So I know there are things that I've been looking at buying for a really long time. I've put them all like in a saved list or in my basket on whatever websites, like on ASOS, you can like wish list stuff and all that kind of thing. And I've just left them. Um, A, to just be able to think about whether or not I actually want this item. Because if I can remember it five days down the line, then it's probably something I'm going to get wear out of. If I forgot I even added it to that list, I clearly do not need it in my wardrobe. <laughs> um, but then I'm just waiting because I know there'll be a Black Friday deal. And then I know that I've given it enough time to actually consider whether or not I would purchase it at full price. And I'm not just getting blinded by 40% off knitwear or whatever it is. Um, so that's the other thing I've been doing, kind of to be a bit more conscious about Friday. Ultimately, if you don't need anything, don't buy anything. Um, yeah, I've never really, I, can't, I don't think I've ever bought anything in Black Friday, or not consciously anyway. Like if I've been out shopping for something and it's happened, but 
for the yeah. same reason that I don't enjoy sh- and I know this is blasphemous because I know you really like TK Maxx but for the same reason I don't enjoy TK Maxx I don't participate in Black Friday because it stresses me out it's like it's like throwing a crowd into a jumble sale and I just cannot deal it, it's it's too much so I've never I've never done it and I think Black Friday is probably great if you're Especially if you're in the market for, I don't know, you need a new TV or a Hoover or one of those big household appliances. I think there probably are some really great bargains out there, but it panics me to troll through clothes and stuff like that. And I should do what you do and kind of look up what I want enough in advance to consider if it's actually worth me participating in Black Friday. But I don't, so I just avoid the stress. I will. One one brand actually is really handy to know about for Black Friday, and they've done it for the past couple of years. I have no idea if they're going to do it this year. Trek America do an amazing Black Friday sale. That they will cover their tours massively. Um, it's obviously not on every single Trek that they do. But if you're looking to do kind of like a tour or Trek around different parts of America um they always do really good sales so there's a tip for people who are potentially looking for a trip somewhere never actually thought about looking at stuff anyway we've wobbled on for ages what's your second recommendation we are we are rambling on to this evening or this morning for you anyway um (laughs) then my second recommendation is the guardian today in focus podcast this is something that's been running for ages like absolutely ages um but it's something i've only relatively recently got into and it came up on like my recommended podcast on Spotify essentially what it is is the Guardian um like do a deep investigation into a relevant topic that's going on in society at the moment and there's a huge range of topics like absolutely huge range so they've got quite a few on Brexit which is obviously very relevant at the moment um the one that's gone up today is election 2019 is the NHS up for sale which I will be listening to Mm. um but they do really interesting ones. They did a brilliant one about um, following the um, 39 people who were found in the back of a lorry um, a couple of weeks ago um, who had all sadly died. They did a really interesting investigation regarding um, people illegally coming over to the UK from Vietnam and how it's actually not, this isn't a rarity. This is actually a really big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and how those people are often trafficked in modern slavery um and then the problematic nature of cannabis because a lot of them are forced to work on cannabis farms and also in non-standard salons which i just didn't even realize was a big issue but it is and what i found listening to these is that they they're quite short so they pack a lot of information into a short period of time but i've just learned so much and they've made me so much more aware of issues i just didn't know anything about um the one on county lines is really interesting as well and i think one that all of us should be more aware of um there are some that are slightly lighter like david attenborough's korea and stuff like that they're not all super heavy like um and drugs related there is also it just sounds like i've listened to all the drug ones but there's also a brilliant one about um the problematic nature of cocaine and middle class cocaine usage in the uk um and everything that goes on with that so it's just a really brilliant podcast i think they deliver a lot of information their journalists are brilliant um the investigations they do and the investigative journalism they do is of a really high standard and i've been really enjoying just learning a little bit more about topics that otherwise i do not encounter and i think there are so many social issues going on it's so easy for us all to just kind of like turn a blind eye but yeah. just one of the 
day, like not all of them appeal to me, but there are so many on here that I can guarantee you will find at least one that is relevant to you. Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend it. It's definitely available on Spotify. I'm not sure about other podcast platforms, but Spotify is pretty accessible for most people. So go and give it a listen. Um, and yeah, let me know. Let me know if you have any particular favourite episodes because there are so many. Yeah, I would actually give that a listen because I, I enjoy listening to those kind of things. I always used to watch uh, like Panorama or... Um, yeah, like the, very Panorama. That's it, yeah, yeah. I enjoy this, but the issue with podcasts is that it annoys me if I start listening to a topic like that and then I can't finish the podcast. Yes. But if they are short and like give a lot of information in a short amount of time I'm so much more likely to listen because it irrationally annoys me when I have to cut off a podcast halfway through because I've I don't know arrived somewhere or I'm doing something different yeah I'd say one in particular that I really enjoyed and it really made me feel old though um was the episode entitled the strange world of tiktok viral videos and chinese censorship and they basically said if you're over the age of like 20 or you won't know what TikTok is. And I was like, yep, I have no idea what TikTok is. Um, but it was what? really interesting. How don't you know what TikTok is? <laughs> kind of knew what I saw it and I was like, this isn't going to be for me. I downloaded it when I was listening to this podcast and deleted it straight away. I was like, nope, not my vibe. Um, but I kind of just knew it was a new social media platform. I didn't really understand it's like um, where it'd come from or kind of what it was being used for. And this was just a, re- it was really interesting. It was a very much like, idiot's guide to tiktok and the problems that are associated with tiktok without being patronizing so if like me you don't know what it is go check it out or maybe you do know what it is it's still pretty interesting i don't actually want to use tiktok i just uh enjoy all the videos that come from it that are pretty uh <laughs> entertaining <laughs> that um that your mum's house pod- podcast that i recommended um one of the hosts she literally just plays the funniest times during the week and I absolutely die laughing at some of them so that was my last recommendation should we kick off with this week's topic yes so this week we wanted to discuss loneliness it's something that doesn't often get spoken about um for kind of our age group people in their 20s but it's something that can affect literally anyone um and I think it's something that a lot of people experience and probably suffer in silence with so we really wanted to shine a light on that conversation a little bit yeah I think loneliness is something that most people associate with the older generation um, which is very true um and it is a huge problem with the older generation especially as the older generation is is growing there's I think is it the biggest age group in the UK now think so yeah um so obviously it's a huge problem but a lot of people don't talk about how it affects them on a daily basis and how it affects so many people at different stages throughout life for different reasons and I think we've both experienced it in our own ways and for our own unique reasons um so we just wanted to talk about that and get rid of that taboo and say that it, it is okay to feel lonely and there are ways that you can try and combat that um and in fact, I think some people, I feel like this is really true for me. I don't know if it is for you, but there are certain points in my life where I haven't realised that what I felt is loneliness. Definitely. I think, 100%. yeah, I think maybe you feel it's a bit of um, 
anxiety or maybe you're just having a low day or but what what it actually is is that loneliness and craving some sort of connection with someone else definitely I listen to so I've met I know I've mentioned this podcast on the podcast before but I was listening to the um Dr Chatterjee live better feel more podcast um yeah. and he's also written his second book um the stress solution and in both he was talking about um the importance of human interaction the importance of human touch and not like necessarily sexual touch and definitely not inappropriate touch but just those things where like you see a friend and you give them a hug or you're talking to someone and they touch you on the arm type of thing um, and how vital that is for human beings and to have those regular conversations even if touch isn't involved and I think we live in a world where we can be so easily connected like we are literally on opposite sides of the world right now it is your morning and it is late in the evening for me and mm-hmm. um, we can still talk and I think sometimes we can all be guilty of forgetting maybe um the importance of still having those face-to-face interactions where possible and having those actual conversations rather than just a quick like of a photo on Instagram or whatever yeah I think it is part of that um like social media paradox that even though we are technically more connected in this world it can actually be more isolating because people are so like inwardly focused on their, their phone or whatever device that they're using that they actually end up forgetting to have those real world interactions and that does almost ironically kind of enforce a kind of loneliness into their world because they've only got this very one insular kind of channel and that doesn't mean that social media and all of these technologies can't be used as a positive thing to connect people they absolutely can but I think there's I think there's a there's a balance between having those real world interactions and having those online interactions and both can be beneficial in their own ways definitely I think um like in terms of loneliness in your 20s one of the first times I think I can retrospectively now acknowledge this is what it was is when I went to uni because you're thrust into this whole new environment a whole new place new people a completely different way of working like you're it's the first kind of time you've probably had that level of independence and you know I was fortunate in that I met you guys on my first day and we were very close from day one but you know, it still doesn't take away from the fact that you can be very lonely. Like I know those first few months, I really, really struggled with that. Um, And I think that's something that isn't always spoken about because it's like, oh, uni, fun, great, party, make loads of friends, brilliant. There is the other side to it, but like when you're not partying and you're not in your lectures. Yeah, I mean, you've at university, you've hit, I, I don't feel like I had it too badly. I think the first week maybe was a struggle but I think that's normal for everyone but for the first time you've been for a lot of people for the first time they've been thrown into this very adult world basically where they they are doing everything for themselves and often living away from home for the first time and it is an entirely new environment and I definitely think loneliness at university is really really not something that is addressed enough or kind of provided for enough because I've heard more and more stories and more and more from people who did really struggle, especially in those early few months at university. And there was just no support network for them. Yeah, and I think when you're in those situations, it can be really hard because you don't know the people around you. 
but the biggest kind of piece of advice I could give to someone is still try and make that effort like still try and talk to people in your lectures try and join some sort of society even if it isn't like a super sounds it silly but even if it's in a super talkative society like I wrote for our university newspaper and although that didn't mean like I was coming to the meetings with you and doing all that kind of thing it still helped me to just become that bit more familiar with other people and it just helps to break it down a little bit yeah I think especially at university it is putting yourself out there in your own way like that doesn't mean you need to go to a party and get drunk and hang out with these big groups of people that you've never met before there's there's a lot on offer whether it is at university or in the community around where you're living there are there are clubs you can join there are activities that you can be part of whether that is online whether that's writing an article whether it's joining a sports club whatever it is that suits you I think there are certain outlets that can definitely make that that transition feel a lot easier definitely um but I think for me in a in a similar sort of vein probably my experience of loneliness is um the first time I really felt it was when I moved to Oxford and it was fine I mean I enjoy I enjoy moving to new places meeting new people I one of those people that really enjoy change and I knew that I would be fine but in those first few weeks I was in a brand new city that I'd never been to before in a new office with new housemates I'd never met any of them before and it was quite isolating I didn't know anyone around me and I had to make a lot of effort to force myself. And it is uncomfortable. That's the thing. To make yourself interact with people and to get rid of the loneliness, there's that period of feeling really uncomfortable because you are putting yourself out there. And I think that can be a real struggle for people to see past that. I know for me, I think this is really uncomfortable, but it's not always going to be. It's going to get better. I think that can be really hard for people to overcome. But I I mean, I joined a netball team. I socialized at work events I went out for dinner with my housemates and got to know their friends and there eventually those connections do come I think you also need to accept it 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 can sometimes take time it's not something that's going to happen overnight and especially as you get older as well people already have their friendship groups and that can feel really alienating but it doesn't mean you can't form those new connections still totally I think joining like you said like joining your netball club Something I've done relatively recently is join the Pilates group. And so you don't chat that much in Pilates. Um, but it's really nice because it's given me that sense of community. And over the past kind of few months, I've been living on my own. Um, and it's definitely something that I kind of, part of me loves it. I'm a very independent person. I'm quite introvert, so I do like my own company. But kind of going into it, I was like, I need to now make sure that I'm also doing something in the community because otherwise, especially if I have a weekend where I'm at home, I can go, I could easily go for days without actually seeing anyone. Like I could obviously pick up the phone to people, but not seeing anyone near where you live is a bit weird. And actually it's made me feel a lot more comfortable being like on my own because I know that there's just, I know there's other people in the area who I kind of know, you know, it's it's just that familiarity with knowing people around you and like, I'm not about to call up my Pilates instructor and be like, oh my God, this has happened. <laughs> I really, really needed someone. You know, there there is kind of that option. And also just seeing, like seeing people on a weekly basis and checking in with people is just really nice. And it kind of, you, you kind of feel like you've got people looking out for you in a weird kind of way, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, definitely. I think just, I mean, I haven't lived on my own for, for that length of time. Um, but I think being aware of that is really important as well. Like having that awareness that, okay, this is what I need. I need this bit of human interaction. And then this is going to help me kind of get through a weekend where I might not see anyone else, or it's going to make me feel more comfortable if I don't see anyone for a couple of days. I think having that self-awareness of this is going to help me kind of overcome those feelings of loneliness over the next few days. Because then after you do that, I mean, what do you do for the rest of the weekend? Do you feel lonely or like what what do you do kind of what if you are by yourself in the house over a weekend? So like I like I said, I'm quite an introvert, so I do like my own space. So I find that's how I get my energy. But I, I also find that actually making the time I spend on my own enjoyable really helps me. So, you know, if I wake up on a Saturday morning and I'm like, oh, I've got no plans, I've got nothing to do, particularly if it's the end of the month, I might be a bit like, oh, I don't really have the money to like go and do something really fun. Then that kind of like loneliness creeps in. So what yeah. I try to do instead is just in, make the time I have alone enjoyable. So I might say, okay, well, I'm going to chill for a couple of hours and I'm going to walk to the co-op and pick up like some milk for the weekend. Um, at, like in the afternoon, I'll give Alex a call for a bit. And then uh, in the evening, like I'll have a nice bath. I'll watch a movie. I'll just make it really nice for myself. And I'll do the things I really enjoy to do on my own, a bit like cooking and stuff like that. And that definitely isn't a remedy for when I feel lonely, because if I've had like a week at work where everyone's been really busy and maybe we haven't been that chatty and I have no plans over the weekend, it isn't to say that making the time on my own more enjoyable counters out the loneliness, but it does yeah. make it a little bit more manageable, I find. Um, and it's a bit more of a kind of, I guess, a longer term practical approach. Like I I've definitely spoken on my blog before and I think we've spoken in the podcast about the importance of being happy with your own company and yeah. not constantly avoiding that and why that's so important and that's yeah. not something easy to do quickly but I think if you're thinking longer term like almost future-proofing yourself a bit against future loneliness making that time on your own pleasant and almost like treating yourself within it can really help I think that comes down to what you said. That it's, it's almost, I think what you said there is really important. It's more about being proactive and preempting that you may feel loneliness at some point. Therefore, doing these things will help. It's being proactive rather than reactive. Like you're not, you're not tackling the symptom of loneliness. You're trying to preempt that from happening. And I think for me, again, it was probably more travel related. But spending so much time on my own, whether it was traveling or whether it was when I moved to Oxford, I think doing those things and becoming comfortable with my own company, because I it was almost it, it, being on your own, it almost feels shameful sometimes. Like, why don't I have any friends? Why is no one hanging out with me? And your mind spirals into those kind of thoughts. And I'm so lonely. Everyone else must be doing something without me. Like it, it comes into like this horrible thought process and thought spiral which probably isn't true so I think being happy with your own company kind of overcomes that that shame and that anxiety that is completely completely natural to feel but also probably completely unfounded as well totally I think a really important point is that you can feel 
you can be alone and not feel lonely and you can be you can feel lonely and not be alone and I think so much of that is understanding the people who again it's like a bigger thing to work on but it's understanding what you do on your own that makes you feel good and what makes you feel a bit crappy and also the people who you surround yourself with who out of them makes you feel good who makes you feel a bit crappier and a bit more distanced and then trying some way to marry those two up so wherever you can you have the best of both worlds I don't think it's necessarily I feel lonely therefore I need to see anyone it's I yeah. feel lonely therefore what can I do like what can what options do I have within my remit right now to ease that a bit yeah definitely I think another it's obviously not something that we've had experience of I think something that really comes into play there is um people who are becoming new mothers and I think that can be a really lonely time for a lot of a lot of women who are obviously probably most likely staying at home with their child they may not have a partner around um for work reasons they're still having to work or if they're a single parent for whatever reason that is, I think motherhood can be quite lonely. Um, and again, it's that it's very, very difficult to get out there. You can't exactly join a sports club, can you, if you're a new yeah. mom, right? Um, but there are options out there. And I think that is when technology does come in useful. There are so many forums out there for new mums, uh, Facebook groups and various chats that you could you can connect with people who are feeling the same way definitely I think like obviously like obviously like we've said we don't know what it's like to be a new mum but I can imagine it feels really scary and isolating and I think I would probably be the kind of person who would also maybe be a bit embarrassed to say I was lonely because I'd be spending a lot of time with my kid and maybe feel like I shouldn't feel lonely um, because this child is something I've really wanted but I think, you know, you are still allowed to feel lonely. And I think acknowledging that loneliness can come from a massive life change, like having a baby, like moving to a new area, is really important because life is full of change. And I think, like you said, using technology to connect to like-minded people is so important. Like I know the app Peanut is really good for new mums. And there's quite a few of them now. So again, We'll just leave everything we talk about linked. Um, yeah. Like, I, think, I think what you said there about big life changes is really important, actually, because obviously the thing that we've both experienced um, is being in between jobs. And again, that's something that is really lonely and isolating. And again, it goes, goes into the whole worry spiral, which again is something else. And it's something that we've discussed before. But it is very lonely because you can't, Although, like, you guys are around, when I've been in between jobs and stuff, people are at work during the day, they're busy, and you know that they'll reply later, but the reason they're not replying now is because they're working, and you're not, and oh my god, you need a job right now, and everything is, and you're not having any human interaction, because you're just at home applying for role after role, and again, that is, that is something that's really isolating, and I think, I mean, right now, I'm lucky in that Taylor is is here and we're both in the same boat but we're both off doing interviews at different times and things like that and um yesterday actually and this is this is all about what I was saying about being uncomfortable actually so someone 
someone else's house that we looked around and we really liked them but unfortunately the house wasn't available until later this month and we needed somewhere to move ASAP um they mentioned needing um more female players on my basketball team and I kept thinking about it I just kept mulling it over in my head and then eventually I messaged them on on the flatmates chat that we'd spoken to them about on the website and said this is going to sound really weird and obviously we weren't able to live with you guys but um if you still need a female member for that basketball team I'd, I'd really like to give it a go he messaged me back and he's like we'd absolutely love to have you on board these are our training sessions and and obviously that was a really scary thing because I was like I'm about to message who is someone who is a stranger out of the blue and be like be my friend but I mean it's it's something that's worked out well it potentially means I'm going to meet a whole new group of people I'm going to do something new and fun that I've never done before and I feel really good now having done it and I'm like that really paid off and yes it doesn't always pay off or things that might not pan out but I think it's good to build up that tolerance of putting yourself outside of your comfort zone, even if it is sending a message to someone. Definitely. Like my, if I can't make my Pilates class in a week, I always try and make another one of the types of classes that my instructor does. And more often than not, that is an 8am boot camp on a Saturday. And to begin with, I was like, Oh God, I don't know if I want to do this because I'm, I'm not very good at that kind of thing. And, and no one's going to want to talk to me and they're all going to be like, Oh my God, she looks ridiculous. Of course it wasn't like that. And I was like, God, I don't really know the moves. But as soon as I was like, actually, I'm just going to ask this person standing next to me, what move are we meant to be doing? Or am I doing this right? Suddenly they were like, yeah, of course. And we had a really nice conversation. And it was yeah. thing I stood there and I felt so awkward and so kind of like, oh, God, they're not going to want to be my friend. They're not going to want to talk to me. And I was like, I'm not asking them to be my new best friend for life. I'm literally just like starting a conversation. And yeah. I think it's also really important to remember that we're saying that everyone experiences this at one time or another everyone will have experienced this and you don't know if that other person is going through a really tough time and you reaching out to them actually really helps them as well yeah that's so true um one thing that I would add and if someone does want to read about loneliness more or maybe ways to combat it um there's actually a book called a life less lonely um, what we can all do to lead more connected, kinder lives. And um, it's a guy who basically, he had his own experiences of loneliness and he felt really guilty um, because why should he be lonely? He's He's got a job and a family and everything should be perfect. Um, and he actually contacted a lot of different people um, and looked at loneliness in society. And I'll just read you like a quick summary of it. And it has loads of, tips and it it's it says that this is a lot of advice and information um, ways that we can help one another to fruit future proof ourselves against the affliction of loneliness um and it says from the bullied child to a new parent from the pensioner who has outlived friends and family members to teenagers who manage their social lives through the glow of a mobile phone it can and does affect anyone and everyone irrespective of age race or class Many people suffer in silence, convinced that it's a confession too far, a sign of too much vulnerability or a shameful failing. But the human condition is not a failing. How does it announce itself? How do you recognise it? And ways to discuss and deal with it rather than concealing it. Um, And there's loads of good resources in there, ways that you can seek help, um, phone lines, websites, online resources um, that also give you information about local activities or groups that are in um, different areas of the UK. So if you are interested in that, um, 
you can, the book is actually available as an ebook as well, which might be more useful for people. But there is a lot more information about there, and I do feel like a lot more people are talking about loneliness slowly. Um, so I just pe- feel like people shouldn't be afraid to discuss it. Just pick up the phone and call a friend or tell someone nearby if you're feeling that way. Yeah, I think sometimes that's the thing, isn't it? Like we, it's not practical for us to meet up every week to have a coffee and to see each other in person as much as we'd like to. Um, but we can still pick up the phone to one another. We can still Skype. And I think if you can't physically see someone, then just seeing someone's face, even if it's on a computer screen or hearing someone's voice can be such a nice comfort. One thing, no one else in my life really likes it when I do this, but I personally quite like it. <laughs> is um and you probably not going to say it, voice notes on whatsapp because oh yeah <laughs> i think that um i only very annoying at voice notes i am aware of that but um i do think sometimes actually hearing someone's voice or actually saying something aloud can be really nice and again it just breaks down it just kind of chips away at that loneliness feeling so it's a nice quick win yeah that's a good one i like that send me voice notes more okay i'll send you more voice notes <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um anyway i think that covers everything that we wanted to discuss this week but as always we would love to hear your guys input whether that is your own personal experiences or if you have any tips or resources that you've used to uh to combat those feelings of loneliness um you can of course send us a private message on email which is 20srhard at gmail.com or you can contact us via Instagram at 20s are hard or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard. Um, and as always, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review because that really helps other people discover the podcast too. And we can have these conversations with more people. But we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye. Bye.